Today's scripture reading comes from Acts 20, 17 through 24. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you, from the first time, from the first day I came from the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, church. Uh, My name is Mark Montgomery. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, I wonder, would you pray with me and for me this morning? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace you've given us in Jesus Christ. And as we reflect on the goodness of his grace and what it means, Lord, to run the race of faith with perseverance, may your spirit inspire us and give us wisdom. And may your spirit fall afresh on us in this place that we might, with renewed hearts and minds, see where you would be calling us, your children, to follow you into this world. And we pray all of this in the name and in the power of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's February 13th, 2005. Uh, I ran my very first marathon in Austin, Texas. It was about 75 degrees that day. So what that tells you is that uh, winters in Texas are about the equivalent of summer in Virginia. So that's good to know. Uh, you know, I've actually been a runner pretty much my whole life. It started in middle school. I realized that I wasn't good at contact sport. I was always afraid of getting hit. I didn't have hand-eye coordination. It's getting better. I'm in recovery. But I realized that the longer I ran, the faster I became. And so the longer the distance, the better I, I, I was. And so I, I ran. I ran cross-country in the fall uh, from high school to college and track in the spring. In fact, I went to a Division three college so that means that they don't give uh, scholarships to athletes so I, I ran for fun whatever that means uh, now it was the junior my junior year of track uh, it was the spring of 2004 and I had this injury this Achilles tendonitis that started in my Achilles and it actually was moving up to my calf it was causing knee problems and I kept trying to uh, work it out and fix it. And, and no matter what I did, it was just completely debilitating and impossible to run. And the doctor said, the only cure for your Achilles tendonitis is to stop running. Now, he meant that season. Uh, I took him literally. <clears throat> so my career ended actually that that spring. I didn't run my senior year of college. In fact, I didn't run for an entire year from uh, that spring of uh, 2004 I didn't run again until February 13th, 2005. Yeah, you heard me right. Now, here's the deal, to be fair. I didn't plan to finish that marathon. In fact, the only reason I registered and signed up is a friend of mine had asked me to pace them through the race for as long as I could. And so I thought, sure, yeah, I'll run the first half with you. Uh, there was just one problem. 
we got through the first half and there's also a half marathon happening at the same time as part of the race. And so I looked over and it turns out when you finish, you get this giant finishing medal. And I saw all these people finishing their half marathon, getting these giant medals, these really cool T-shirts and their aluminum blankets. I saw the look of accomplishment and joy on their face and I was like, man, I want that. And so it wasn't pretty. Uh, I couldn't walk for three days after, but I finished the marathon with uh, little to no training. Uh, it was the stupidest thing I've ever done. And, you know, I learned something that day. When you get a glimpse of the goal of the finish line, it's so much easier to run the race with perseverance and to finish. You know, our faith is often referred to in Scripture as a race, as something that we need to run to completion. And, you know, when we talk about what that means, it means that our faith, our relationship is in Jesus Christ can withstand no matter what comes and we can persevere with our faith to the end of our life. You know, I believe that the Apostle Paul understood that better than anybody. <clears throat> and so if you have your Bibles with you, I want to invite you to turn to Acts chapter 20. We'll be looking at our scripture today, verses 17 through 24. As Paul talks about perseverance, and we're going to focus on that verse 24. But I'm going to tell you, Paul is talking to the Ephesians in Ephesus. So the elders of Ephesus have come out to meet Paul as he's doing this farewell journey. And, uh, and so we're going to look at that piece as well. But as you turn to Acts chapter 20, I just want to give you a little bit of background, quick history on Paul. He actually started out as his name was Saul, and uh, he was a, a Jewish leader. Uh, he was a Roman citizen, and, and he hated Christians. I mean, with a fierce passion. He persecuted the church any way that he could. He wanted to destroy the church. He would uh, persecute or often kill Christians, and, and so he was out on a mission. Until one day he was on his way to this town called Damascus and the risen Jesus Christ uh, approaches him, uh, comes to him almost in a vision, but he's there in the flesh to Paul. And it was in that moment that everything changed for, for Saul at the time. His name changed to Paul and uh, he was utterly devoted to Jesus Christ and all that he did. And, and he kind of discovered that his mission in life, the goal that... Christ was calling him to do is to go out and to share the good news, to trust and testify in the good news of Jesus Christ to all the places that he could, specifically to Gentiles. Now, that's just a fancy word for people who weren't Jewish. And so he would start churches in all these little towns and all these places around the known world at the time. And so, uh, in fact, as after he would start these churches, he would write letters to these folks and so when you read through scripture and you see the epistles of Paul, these are letters to churches that he started. So when he's writing to the uh, Corinthians, it's to the people, the church in the bustling port city of Corinth. When he's writing to the Galatians, it's the people, the church in Galatia, the Philippians, the people in Philippi. And so now he's on this farewell tour. He knows that life is kind of ending for him and, and his goal, his race is coming to completion. And so he's called on the Ephesians the people of Ephesus, to come, the church, the elders, to come and talk to him. And, and Scripture says that uh, he knows that it's getting harder and harder. The Spirit keeps telling him that it's just going to get worse and worse. And so he's headed to Jerusalem. He's going to go to the temple. He's going to preach and testify to the good news of Jesus Christ. And while he's doing that, the, the Jewish leaders are going to get really upset with him and try to kill him. And as a result, there's going to be almost violent, riotous acts that happen. And so the Roman authority put a stop to it and they arrest Paul 
and they want to hear his side of the story. And so in the midst of that arrest, now that he's under the arrest of, of Roman authority, he's a Roman citizen. So what does he do? He appeals to take his case to the highest power in the land. And as a Roman citizen, he can do that. So he wants, essentially, to talk to Caesar, the Roman emperor. <clears throat> Here's the thing you need to know about Paul. Paul's goal in life wasn't to live comfortably for long enough to retire well. His goal in life was to trust and testify to the good news of Jesus Christ to all the places that he possibly can and to take that message to the most powerful person in the entire world, to the Roman emperor. He was going to convert him or he was going to die trying. And so as we turn to verse 24, as he's talking to the Ephesians, in fact, it's on the screen. He says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Will you read this part with me? My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now, it's not that Paul was trying to earn his faith. On the contrary, his faith was so essential as a relationship with Jesus Christ was the central focus of everything that he did. And so he wanted to make sure that he ran that race well. And his goal in life that he was striving toward was to trust and testify to the good news of Christ and all that he did. And so he wanted to run the race with perseverance. So how do we have a faith like Paul's? Right? How do we run the race of faith with perseverance? How does our relationship with Jesus Christ withstand anything that life throws at us? Because life throws some crazy things at us. Would you agree? And this race that we run is more of a marathon than a sprint. Amen? And life gets a little crazy. And so how can we persevere with our faith in such a way that no matter what comes, we're not only responding to, but we're able to throw back the grace of Jesus Christ back into this world so that we can be a part of God's transforming work. How can our faith persevere in such a way like that? Well, there are three ways that we can uh, make sure that we have a faith that perseveres. You're going to like this. We, I call it the three P's of perseverance. You like that? Preparation, pace, and posture. The three P's of perseverance are preparation, pace, and posture. Did you know that on average, 90% of all people who start a marathon are going to finish it? 90%. You know, I had no intention of finishing the marathon that day. But once I started, I couldn't stop, no matter how hard I tried. So fast forward nine years later, and uh, it's, it's February 14th, 2014. Almost nine years to the day since I've ran that marathon, my only marathon at the time, without training. And so my wife and I, we were... Uh, sitting down to a delicious Valentine's Day dinner. And uh, I remember at some point in the conversation, I was reliving the glory days. And one of my favorite stories to tell is, well, I ran a marathon without training. And uh, I said, you know, I could probably still do that again. <laughs> and she looked at me, and uh, I was a little bit heavier then and a little bit out of shape. And she did the up and down look, you know, where she was saying something without actually saying something. And she said, I don't know that you could. And she said, Mark, you talk a lot about the runner you used to be, but what kind of runner are you now? You haven't run in years. And uh, she said, you know, it's not about who you were. It's about who you are. 
So happy Valentine's Day. I registered you for a marathon. No joke. Like this actually happened. She said, I registered you for a marathon. It's in three months. You might want to train for this one. So I did. And I ran it and I finished it. And uh, it was tough, but I prepared well and I finished well. And here's what I learned. And here's what my wife and I both agree. My wife, Melissa, she is a runner too. And we learned that the key to preparation is having the goal in mind, right? So when you're a runner, if you don't have a race that you're training for, it is almost impossible to keep up good training. Because then in the preparation, you can decide what kind of fuel you need, what kind of food you need to take in, what kind of uh, schedule you need to have, what kind of plan you're going to have for race day. And so everything revolves around that goal. And so the key to preparation is to start with the, with the end in mind. And if you don't know the goal, then it's hard to start. But if you never start, you'll, you'll never finish. And so the key to preparation is, are you willing to start? So in verses 18 through 19, back to our scripture in Acts chapter 20, Paul says to the, to the Ephesians, you know, I lived the whole time I was with you. You, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears in the midst of severe testing by the plots of uh, my Jewish opponents. And, you know, the thing about Paul is Paul would go from town to town and he would publicly, he'd find a public venue, a place where worship was happening or where there was a lot of people gathered and he would begin to publicly testify to the good news of Jesus Christ. And then after people would come around and talk to him, he would disciple them baptize them, kind of live life with them, start the church, and then he would leave eventually. And uh, he would write letters back uh, to them and encouraging them, possibly correcting them to penny. But you know, the thing about Paul is he knew the end. He knew the goal. But he was willing to start somewhere. And so the key for us in our faith is it has to be something more than we profess our faith, in order for us to have perseverance in the race that we run, it has to be active. We have to do something about the conviction that God has given us, the grace that God has given us through Jesus Christ, and that is essential to preparation. We have to start somewhere, but we have to start with the goal in mind. And as we look at what preparation means, we also have to remember that we have to keep our pace. So are you with me so far? And, and uh, if we're going to run the race with perseverance, it starts with preparation and pace. So if we run the race with perseverance, it starts with preparation and I knew those three P's are good, right? I mean, they're just fantastic. In verse 20, Paul continues. He says, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly from house to house. Paul was methodical about the way that he started churches. He knew exactly what was happening, but he went at his own pace. He didn't try to rush it. He didn't try to do too much, but he went, he was methodical. He had his own pace. Have you ever heard the difference between aerobic and anaerobic running? Well, if you're running aerobically, it means that your body's receiving enough ex- oxygen to match the demands that you're putting on your body. And so you're able to go longer distances if you're running aerobically. Uh, and so what that means when I'm running is I'm able to have conversation while I'm training or uh, while I'm running. So I'm running aerobically. 
Now, if I'm running anaerobically, I can't talk because I'm sprinting. All right. And when you're running anaerobically, what that means is we are deprived. We're pushing our body's limits so much that we're depriving our body of the oxygen it needs to meet the demands that we've put on it. So here's what that means with pace. Pace says we know our limits. But the other piece to that is, did you know if you never train anaerobically, if you never push yourself in training, if you never during your preparation can push beyond your own limits, then you always stay where you are. You'll never get any faster. You'll never be able to live in to who you are called to be if you only stay comfortable. So pace says that we know our limits, but we're willing to push it when it matters. So if our the run that we, if the race that we run in faith is a long distance marathon, one of the things we need to know is: Can I tell you I've tried this not in the marathon level, but at the five k level? Uh, if you sprint the first part of that race, you know what happens? And, and you're anaerobic. You're doing anaerobic at the beginning, and you're pushing your limits. Then lactic acid builds up in your body, and your body is your race is destroyed. You have to pretty much stop and recover if you have any hope of ever finishing. And there's no way that you'll be able to run the race the way that you could have had you start off with aerobic, with enough oxygen. Now, if you start off at the pace that you set, later on you can push that. As the race goes on, you've built up your confidence, your momentum, you're ready to go, you can sprint towards the end. And so, again, when it comes to our faith, we have to be aware of our limits and we have to be ready to push our body when it matters. Pace, that's what pace is. Knowing our limits and being willing to push it when it matters the most. Here's what I know about our faith. I have seen so many people who are Christian. Who one day wake up and feel, man, God has, I'm finally ready to make my faith active. To be a part of God's great work in this world. And they not only push their limits in the beginning, but they do way too much. They overcommit. And then they lose boundaries and they find themselves in a place where they're burnt out and they're not exactly sure why they're doing what they're doing anymore because they didn't keep pace. And so eventually we have to be in a place with our Christian faith that we're not trying to do it all at once, that we see it as a marathon. We understand the goal in mind and we're willing to run the race at the right pace and be willing to push it when it matters. So we've got to have preparation. We've got to have pace, but... Can I tell you how important posture is? You know, when I was early on in my career, I did a lot of posture work. Uh, My running style didn't happen overnight. And so what I would do early on is I would do this really bad thing you're not supposed to. When I would get tired in a race, I just didn't even think about my posture. And I would start looking down at myself. And here's the funny thing when you're running like this. It is not very easy to breathe. Can I just tell you that right now? And uh, or I would look back. I'm wondering who's behind me or what I missed. And I'd be thinking, man, I just want to be done. When we have good posture in our running, we're supposed to be upright. When we have good posture in our running, we know the goal in mind. And so our our gaze, our focus is fixed on the hope in Jesus Christ. And, and you know, the other thing that I would do, I, so I would get tense and I would scrunch my face up in part because I wanted people to know that I was working really hard early on. But it hurt really bad, and so my body would get tense, and I would use all this extra energy that was completely unnecessary on the stress of running, and I would get mad that I was running. So here's what Paul says in Philippians uh, chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. It's actually on the screen. 
He says, one thing I do. Will you read this with me? Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, Paul even already told the Ephesians in the scripture that we've read that you know how I lived when I was among you. I lived with humility. He had the right posture. And to run with perseverance, we need the right posture. Friends, we can't be focused on ourselves when things are getting hard. We can't look back and think, man, wasn't life better back in the day? And, and friends, we can't be bent over all the time because we have to be upright with our moral integrity. We need the holiness of Christ to permeate every part of our body so that we can run the race with perseverance and our gaze has to be focused on the hope ahead in Jesus Christ that when we finish our goal, when we finish our race, we will receive the glory that comes from trusting and testifying in the good news of Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, we have to do it joyfully. Nothing ticks me off more than a Christian mad about being a Christian, right? I mean, you know those people. But we need the right posture. We need to run the race with integrity and we need to run the race joyfully. So yesterday we completed our seventh annual Go for Bow race. And and I want you to know that uh, I came in first yesterday in the category of pushing a human in a stroller. So, So there's that. Thank you. Thank you. So Liam ran two races yesterday, my son. Uh. It, but it, I had a motor in the in the bob, so it was great. <laughs> we ran our seventh annual, and, and you know that we had over 500 participants. We had uh, we raised 57 thousand dollars in sponsorships, and every bit of that money goes to helping children worldwide, which is the parent organization to the Child Rescue Center and Mercy Hospital in Beaux, Sierra Leone. Did you know that over the past seven years we have raised close to 200 thousand dollars that has gone directly. Uh, to Child Rescue Center and Mercy Hospital. Isn't that phenomenal? But, but we couldn't do it overnight. We had to start somewhere with the end in mind. And uh, when you think about Child Rescue Center and Mercy Hospital, helping children worldwide had to start somewhere. And it started in 1999 with the street feeding program because there were many orphans and at-risk children after the uh, war that had happened, the bloody civil war in Sierra Leone. And this grew today. The Child Rescue Center has at least 40 children living in the center who receive education, who receive shelter, who receive food and a hope for the future. And in fact, uh, the program itself for Child Rescue Center goes beyond just the facility and it impacts over 500 children and youth who are at risk. You know why Mercy Hospital started in, in 2007? Mercy Hospital started because uh, according uh, to the United Nations Health Index, right? There, so first of all, there's not enough hospitals, not enough doctors in Sierra Leone, but according to this health index from uh, the United Nations, there was, Sierra Leone has the highest maternal and infant mortality rate. So here's what I mean to say. More infants and mothers giving birth die in, in Sierra Leone than anywhere else in the world. And so Mercy Hospital opened its doors in 2007 to provide affordable, to, to provide care to the citizens of Beau Sierra Leone, regardless of if they could pay for it or not. But here's the thing. In, in 2014, there was the epidemic of Ebola that happened. And 
And back then, prior to 2014, if you were a mom who needed a C-section, you would go to the Bow Government Center if you could afford it. And if you couldn't afford it, you would go to the Doctors Without Borders Center in Gandama. Now, during the Ebola outbreak, they closed the Doctors Without Borders facility in 2015, decided never to open it again. And so what I mean to say is, what that means is if you're a mom who needs a C-section and you can't afford it, too bad. Last year, we sent $175,000 to Mercy Hospital so they could build a cesarean section so that if somebody needed a C-section, they could have it. In 2005, I'm sorry, uh, also in 2014, we, uh, during the Ebola outbreak, which, by the way, Sierra Leone was considered the epicenter of uh, the outbreak of Ebola, Mercy Hospital already had an ambulance, but they needed a second one so they could uh, transport Ebola victims separate from the folks who were just regularly sick. And so we sent $5,000 to go toward a $25,000 ambulance. God is good when we run the race with God. We get to be a part of that. And, and here's what I want you to picture for a second. Imagine if we at Ebenezer had decided never, ever to make our faith active and to never be a part of God's change, life-changing work in this world. What would have happened? We would have missed out on the blessing. God would have done all this great, cool stuff. It just would have been without us. And so imagine this. If we never had those relationships, if we didn't have both, uh, Child Rescue Center and Mercy Hospital, and we just sent $5,000 over during the Ebola outbreak, it would have been a drop in the bucket. It wouldn't have had the impact that going toward a, an Ebola ambulance uh, made. Or what if we sent $175,000 and had no relationship with Mercy Hospital it wouldn't have nearly the impact that it does now. And so what I've realized and what I think is true is that when we look at back at the relationship with helping children worldwide, we needed to practice preparation to run this race with perseverance. We decided to start somewhere with the end in mind and we joined together with other churches. We got together with uh, we sent folks over to Bo Sierra Leone and we got to know what the actual need was so we could truly be a part of it. We ran at our pace. We didn't try to get $200,000 overnight. We didn't try to do it all at once. We ran at the pace that we were willing to run, but we also were willing to push it beyond our own limits when it mattered the most and we had the right posture all along. We, we didn't look back. We didn't look down at ourselves. We looked ahead at the hope that God was calling us to be a part of running the race with the folks in Bo Sierra Leone and to be a part of the good work that was being done. That's what it means to run the race with perseverance. And if you want to be a part of the work that's being done in Bo, you can go to Connection Point or the Connection Desk after the end of this service. You can sign up. You can uh, look at uh, what it takes to sign up for a mission trip to Bo. There's one in uh, spring, in the fall, in the summer. Skip the season there. But here's what I know. This isn't the only race that God is calling you and I to. You know, the most important race that we can run is the race of having a relationship in Jesus Christ, that that would be the most important thing in our entire life. And that we, we know the goal, that we would have preparation for it, so we'd start somewhere that we would know the goal is to love God with all the heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, but be willing to start somewhere. And so here's what I want to say. If, if you've never... Uh, started that race. If you've never started, 
Or maybe you did start and you got burnt out early because you didn't keep the right pace. Or maybe your posture got a little off and so you're just kind of angry and frustrated. Can I just tell you, today is a good day to start or to restart, to run the most important race of our entire lives, of our entire eternity. It's not too late to start today. You know, I told you about my two marathons. What I didn't tell you is about my third marathon. I was so psyched that I actually trained and finished a marathon in uh, the spring of 2014 that I signed up and, and was accepted to run the Marine Corps Marathon in 2014. Can you believe that? And uh, I, I, I ran so fast that day, they didn't just give me a finishing medal, they gave me extra medals because I ran so well. I'm kidding. That didn't happen. You know what did happen is I never finished that race. You know why I never finished that race in 2014? Because I never started. I signed up, I registered, I paid the money, and then, so I always blame it on my wife, Melissa, my running buddy. She got pregnant, the nerve of her. And so I lost my training partner and my training fell off. And, and here's the thing that I know, I was too afraid to start the race because I wasn't sure if I would finish well. And so I never started, I never showed up. And so I'll never know if I could have finished that race. And can I tell you, if you never start the race of having a faith that perseveres, if you never start it, you'll never know how you'll finish. But it takes preparation. We have to start somewhere. It takes the right pace. We have to know our limitations, but we have to be willing to push past them when it matters the most. And we have to keep a good posture. We can't look back. We can't look down on ourselves. We have to look forward toward the goal of trusting and testifying the good news of Jesus Christ in all the ways that we possibly can and to do it joyfully. May we live our lives in such a way that as we run the race, we run it with perseverance because our only aim in life is to trust and testify in the good news, to the good news of Jesus Christ in all that we do. May we live and run that race with perseverance. Amen.